So it's me again, your girl, making another podcast. And um, I want to talk about an experience that I remember having as a teenager. Uh, today is the 15th of March. I believe it's St. Patrick's Day. So um, I guess St. Patrick's, those of you who celebrate it, happy St. Patrick's Day. Um, but um, I was watching a videotape on um, by y- Yavette uh, Carnell. I don't know why I can't pronounce that woman's name or Yvette quite, uh, Carnell regarding the scandal, the college um, college scandal where um, right now um, several celebrities in the upper echelon or upper class high earners, nine percenters um, or one percenters of, um, of the American um, country or America, my goodness, have been paying um, for their kids to get into school by cheating, either paying people to put them in on um, sports uh, on sports squads or recruits when they're not sportsmen or women, or they will pay for someone to take their SATs or ACT tests. Um, and this was like thousands of dollars and sometimes even, you know, um, a six figure, uh, excuse me, seven figure, one million dollars uh, in order to get their kids into the um, uh, very top high universities like Harvard and and um, um, uh, Santa Barbara universities. Uh, and so with with their kids basically being stupid. Um, and so you had CEOs, you had celebrity, celebrities, people in the tech world that um, have high, um, high, um, high status in the world, um, um, getting their kids in through what they call a side door. There's a front door, which is what every black American has had to get through and failed because we're less than 5% at many of these schools. Some of these schools were uh, less than that. So we're basically non-existent uh, because we're poor and because of slavery, um, reconstruction, Jim Crow and civil rights errors that, um, that is definitely in our veins. But, um, so I was thinking about that on my way to a Debtors Anonymous meeting, which is to deal with um, recovering from money issues. And um, I, I now have it in my bones now that I don't have a money issue. I have a slavery issue. And um, uh, as a descendant of slaves, that's in my blood and my veins. And that is what is the currency of this country. And so... Um, or the current, the electrical current of this country that electrifies it and gives us its pulse is through the history of slavery and how it started. Even before this country was called a country, it had slaves. So I thought about how this played out in in my life. And when I was a teenager, um, throughout high school, I had a white friend by the name of Christina M. I don't know where she's at now. You know, I'm a Gen Xer. So we're talking about 1988 to 1992. My mother was on welfare. She was a single mother. Uh, my father was um, uh, at that time alcoholic, and I hadn't seen him at that point um, since I was three, three or four. My mother had left him, uh, fearing for her life. And so, as a mother um, who lost her own mother um, through um, a violent mean and um so I had all that up against my back that was my history Christina wasn't so much she um 
obviously I was poor, you know, um, still am poor on the standards of scales of America. Um, I am poor still. Um, I'm a working poor and my mother wasn't working at all. She had five children at home. So to um, keep this short as much as possible, I remember when I met uh, Christina in the ninth grade, I met her in German class and her mother was a black sheep of the family her mother was married to her father they had had her very young i believe she got pregnant at 17 and gave birth to her at 18. and in a typical white family back in those days in the 60s and 70s um, especially in the 70s because that's when the the decade we were born you just didn't do that that was just really frowned upon for you to um, 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 to um, get pregnant outside of marriage and so as a white woman um, when the prevailing one was that you were a debutante right and then you would go to college and then you will meet your doctor or anesthesiologist like uh, Christina's mother's sister did or Christina's aunt and then you know the family would front you money but I want to just say that although Christina's mother was um, the black sheep, which means she didn't live the life that her sister lived, which was a very upper middle class or 9%er at this point um, life, but she was not entirely cut off from her parents, which was Christina's grandparents. So what I remember is, is that Christina was never without money. Christina did not have a job. Christina did not have to have a job because her father and her mother made sure that when she walked out the door, and I saw this with my own eyes nearly daily, including weekends, that they always put money in her hand so that she can go out and have a good time. They put so much money in her hand that um, her, that she and her three black friends, myself, and two other gals who were black, because they lived in um, they lived on, um, in in a working white class community that had sprinkles of poor uh, black people around them, and I'm sure many of you probably know that kind of community um, if you are a Gen Xer. So um, they we weren't so segregated as we are now today, which is uh, 2019. So um, they always made sure that when she had money, she could not, not only uh, front herself, but her friends. So she had enough to pay for us, you know, to go out there and do a little shopping, get some lunch and, and things like that. And, and she was generous to do so because she had so much. Now, what he typically gave her was about 20 to $40. Now, in today's terms, not that much money, but imagine back um, in, in 1988 through 1992, that's about $200 right now right so imagine how you can go out and have some fun and do some things and that was always Christina never the words never came out of her mouth I don't have any money oh my mom doesn't have any money that was consistently with the three black girls that she was friends with you know um, they always had food they she always had clothes she always was picked up and dropped off and, and so much so that we were picked up with her and dropped off at home by her um, uh, white parents who were um, considered quote-unquote working poor um, and then there was one other experience that I remember uh, her grandparents were still in in their in in the parents lives so although they were the black sheep of the family which means that they didn't get the full benefits that the other children got the aunts and uncles of Christina got they still weren't left entirely 
cut off. So um, both sets of her grandparents were were still married, have been married for years, right? So she had a, on both sides, she had a grandpa and a grandma, okay? And each one owned their own homes, each one had land. Now, uh, her mother's side, her, her grandmother and grandfather, um, who was a World War II veteran, had five acres of land in Northern California. Her um, uh, grandma and grandpa on her dad's side had about, I believe, two to three acres. And how do I know this? Because they told us, right? And she told us, because they told her, because they were, they were already prepping her to do what she needed to do. So although they lost her, as a, um, uh, lost her mother as a, um, um, as a um, potential um, grower, they went ahead and went with the grandchildren to see if they can get them to go. So they would actually do dog shows and her um, grandparents who were retired at this point from the universities and from their high paying jobs were, um, were retired, but they owned a dog kennel where they went to like the dog shows and won awards and trained others to to um, to to show dogs, and um, and that apparently was very lucrative um, because they lived on so much land. And not only that, but they would when they would go to these dog shows, they would bring us out and they would have Christina watch the other dogs that, that were left behind, and we got to spend weekends in their on their property pretty much unsupervised right um but even then they left a stack of money and one particular memory memory that um i remember um was that um uh before we would go if their house was on food they would literally take us to a grocery store and they told they told each one of us to grab a cart a, a shopping cart and to get whatever we wanted. I kid you not. And this is coming from a, a, a girl who who was used to, and I'm talking about myself, who was used to running out of food at the end of the month where my mom was scrambling to figure out how she was going to feed us. And what she did before she got a welfare check um, at the beginning of the month, the, next, the following month, the last week, she would make a big, huge pot of beans and cook some rice and we would eat that. And we would have one loaf of bread and some juice or some water, but nothing else. There were no treats. There were no no apples and oranges. There was nothing. That was the first couple of weeks. And if, if we were lucky, if she can um, um, keep us from eating, uh, it will last it bleed into the third week. And then the then the uh, the last week, she would fix like either soup or some um, 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 beans that will last throughout the week. Um, and so when to be told get your own cart and put anything the three black girls including myself we didn't know what to do we were just looking like what do you mean what do you mean I remember just constantly asking is this okay is this okay to put my basket and then at one point her grandpa was like I told you get what you want and so we came out literally they paid for three full baskets of food for a weekend at their house it was so much food that we had in there because we went crazy um that we 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 have food to take home to our families, and so um, I just wanted to say that to to home in on how uh, um, white privilege and and I had long forgotten that, but uh, last night's show really 
triggered that memory for today. Um, that the white poor are really not poor because they are attached to people who have money all around them. Um, and, and just to give you an idea of what that's like. So anyway, um, uh, we need to have the same thing and even more because we actually work to build this company. Work to build this country. So, um, there's more to tell, um, more will be revealed, but, um, I'm going to sign off now. So black women economically trying to survive, signing off. Bye.